chapter 4. We continue our study or whatever you may call this, but our study on being happy in a dysfunctional world. <clears throat> and as I was going through and looking at all the passages on the word blessed, and, and that word blessed, whether it be in the Old Testament or whether it be in the New Testament, and so whether it be written in the classical Hebrew or Koine Greek, we know that <clears throat> the word blessed in our English language has the idea of being happy <clears throat> and being overjoyed. And so here he's showing us that in as believers today that doesn't matter how crazy this world gets and how dysfunctional the world is, and, and we do know how dysfunctional it is, that we can still be happy. And, and uh, our world is not happy, but we as believers should be. And uh, so he, as I was reading these different passages, and I came to this one here in Psalm 106, verse 3, it, it spurred a thought in my mind, and so I, I titled the message today, and, and uh, I, I've heard this many times by my wife. It says, watch where you're going. And uh, my, my grandma used to tell me all the time, she would say, Shannon, if you don't watch where you're going, you're going to go where you're watching. And I, I don't know why I scared her so badly she she just didn't want to ride with me she would ride with my brother and my brother ran in the ditch three different times with her in the car i never wrecked with her at all she has always thought maybe i drove too fast and and uh you know and and i don't know maybe i did i but uh that was her favorite saying i i've always been one i'd be the guy that would hit the deer in the middle of the road because i'm looking for the one out in the field and so always just watching and and but uh, so I titled this today and and so whether it helps you or not I as I've studied this I pray that it helps me in understanding about a little bit more about discipleship and uh, following Christ and so how we need to watch where we're going and and it spurred that from Psalm 106 and verse 3 it said blessed are they that keep judgment and he that doeth righteousness at all times. And so as I was giving thought to this, and, and he says, happy are those, those that, ha happy first of all, are those that are believers. Happy are those that know that their sins are forgiven. Happy that to those that know that they're on their way to heaven. Happy to know that the sacrifice of Jesus is complete and satisfactory and, and, and is, has been fulfilled to the point where we can call upon him and place our faith totally in what? Jesus has done, and he gives us that eternal life. Happy is that one, and, and then happy is that one here that, that keeps judgment. That, that word keep, you can almost, uh, uh, not every time, but this word is used over and over and over in, in the Old Testament, also in the New Testament, that, and it has the idea of, of, of not only keeping something, but guarding it and, and protecting it and watching over it and making certain that, that, that uh, you are, are being a good steward of that, whatever it is that, that you have that, that's so precious to you and valuable to you. And, and here he says that blessed, happy, overjoyed are they 
that keep judgment. And oh, how, how, how we need judgment today. And, and by judgment, we're not, in, in this case here, not talking about justice of the world. And we looked at that somewhat last week in Psalm 94. And, and knowing that God is just and that knowing that there's a day coming where all are going to give an account and, and it doesn't matter how powerful they may think that they are in this world. We know that they will give an account, but this idea here of judgment has the idea of making right decisions. And so happy is the one that guards this in their life to make right decisions. And then not only to make right decisions, but and he that doeth righteousness at all times. You see, it, it goes together that one that makes right decisions will also then make, uh, 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 and the word righteousness means truthfulness. And, and so whenever we think about truthfulness and in our behavior, then right decisions then will bring right practices in our lives. And so if we're making the right decisions that are honoring to God, that are representative of a believer, of one that knows Christ as their Savior, and if they are guarding that and, and making the decisions that God wants them to make and, and, and to, to walk the way that they then it will bring about how they will walk the way that they ought to. And so here we see that, uh, and we always need to remember that, that right decisions will bring right practices. Well, we know, and, and we've discussed this over and over, and in this dysfunctional world, one of the things about the dysfunctionality of this world is that it's very loud, it's very noisy, and, and, and is constantly trying to divert our attention from being able to listen to what God would want us to, to do in, a, in our lives and in our hearts. And, and we've seen that they do that many ways, and, and even in those uh, disquieting thoughts that we have, that, that might not necessarily be the world. That's, that's our own mind playing games with us and, and our own thoughts. And, but all these things are going on around us and there's so much noise in our lives. And, and the world is trying to keep us from understanding the truth and understanding what it is that, that God wants us to do. And, you know, I find, and I mentioned this before, but it just brought this to my mind as I was saying these things, that I've told you many times that I love Sunday night service. Now, I know that, that many of you don't come, and, and you ought to. You ought to come sometime, because there is nothing like a Sunday evening service. It, it, uh, it's not near as busy as a Sunday morning. And, and by Sunday morning, you get out of here, and you know, you're frazzled, and you're ready to go eat, you're hungry, and, and, and you, you, you've just about talked yourself out and and so you just need a break but then you come back on a Sunday night you you come early and and they probably the choir doesn't have choir practice tonight since they sang today but so they take that one Sunday off but I, I love to come and you come early and you hear the choir practicing and 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 I always sit in my office and I never listen to the words of that song that you guys sang today and, and what a blessing it is to to know that that there's a group of godly individuals in this body of believers that, that are here to serve God and to lift up your hands and to help encourage you to walk and preach and teach the way that we ought to. And, 
And oh, how good that is to know. But you come in on a Sunday night and then you, you preach God's Word and, and a challenge from God's Word. And then, then when it's all over and you go home, I said, the, my favorite service is a Sunday night. My favorite, favorite time of any day is a Sunday night after services are over and you go home and, 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 you, and you, you put on your sweats and you sit down in your recliner and you're like, and it's just quiet. And I, and I was just thinking of this, how, how that you've just come off a, a, a great day and you've worshiped God and, and you've given him honor and glory and, and, and had such a wonderful time of, of preaching God's word and, and seeing God do such a work in, in people's lives. And, and it's just at that very moment in time, it seems like you walk out of there and it's just everything is right. And it's so peaceful. And there's no noise. And then you go to bed and first thing Monday morning the phone starts ringing or you watch the news or, you know, you get cut off going to work or, you know, you get there and your boss is ticked off and, and wants to do everything they can to ruin your day. And, I mean, there's all kinds of things. And then all of a sudden the noise, the noise takes off. And so... I just love Sunday night. I love that, that quietness. And, and, and we know that the world is, is obviously devil, the, the devil's tool in keeping us from being the disciple, the follower that Christ wants us to be. You know, Jesus made the statement over and over in the New Testament. He said, follow me. Paul, and, and not only that, but Jesus also said that no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. He said that in Luke chapter 9, verse 62. And then Paul wrote in Ephesians 4 and verse 1, he said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. And so as I was preparing this and giving thought to the walk and, and giving thought to this idea of, Watch where you're going and thinking about all this noise that, that's going on around us. And, and I realize, and, and I know this, and, and, and I, I see it in my own life, but, but I wanted to bring it out to us. Discipleship is hard. Discipleship isn't always the easy thing that, that we think that whenever we trust Christ as our, as our Savior that everything will be easy from now on and that, that nothing is going to be a challenge at all. But you know what you find? You find that whenever you decide that, that uh, uh, first of all, you trust Christ as your Savior, but, but then as you're growing in your faith and you realize that, hey, not only do I need to trust Him for my salvation, but I really need to understand that, that I'm a new creature in Christ and that I have responsibilities as a believer. And, and God, I want to get serious about serving you and, and living for you. And, and then you find out whenever you decide and make that determination that I'm going to do the right thing and, and I'm going to live according to the Bible and, and what the Bible teaches me and, 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 and do these things, that that's when the trials begin. 
That's when the temptations become greater. That's when Satan is throwing everything that he can at you trying to de destroy your life and, and, and hinder your walk and blow up your marriage and ruin your children and destroy your testimony that you have and, and trying constantly to fight against whatever good is going to come in your life. And oh, how he's, he's going to continue to do that. And, and I know that discipleship is hard. So don't think that I'm standing up here and, and telling you something that, that I have a total grasp of and, and have such a great victory in my life. Look, I'm as human as the rest of you, and, and I deal with that old nasty sin nature just like you. And, and believe it or not, I'm 6'8 and weigh 200 and, you know, and, and, and my sin nature is bigger than yours. <laughs> and and uh, it's getting bigger. <laughs> and... But we know that it's a, it's, a, it's a fight every day. And so I do understand that discipleship is hard. And so don't think when I come down hard upon you that, that I'm being judgmental here. And don't ever think that I have won all of these victories. I'm in this with you together. We're all in the same boat and we're just needing to figure out how to row the same way. And we need to figure out what it is that God is wanting us to do. And, and together we're going to do that. And together we're going to grow and, and understand about discipleship. And understand that, hey, when somebody calls you on the carpet about something in your life, that, that isn't what you ought to be doing. They're not being judgy about that. But they are coming to you to help you so that you can help them along the way and help our body of believers in Platte Valley to, to do the things that God wants us to do so that we can have all of God's blessings on our lives. But discipleship is hard. But there is an answer. God gives it to us in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 30. He says, And that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength, this is the first commandment. What does he mean by that? What does he mean by with all thy heart? Our heart is that very, that, that's the deepest, innermost part of who we are. That's what makes us all different in, in who we are. It's our passions it's our emotion it's the the the, the deep-seated uh, uh part of us that innermost being of of who we are and 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 as we as it is with that heart that we trust him as our savior but it's with that same heart that we trust him to be our guide and and our director and and and, and truly to be our lord and and the one that that will show us what it is that he wants us to do and and it's that heart that we humble and become the servant that God wants us to do it brings us to that point where we can say not my will but thine be done it's that heart that that we need to love him with and and that soul that that we have that 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 soul that is eternal that soul that he has died for that soul that is going to, to live with him forever it's that that soul that we are worshiping him with and and so we sing and and we sing from a heart and a and a soul of joy and and, and truly thankfulness that 
what God has done for us and, and we're praising Him and we're, and we're worshiping Him and we're loving Him with that and, and we're loving Him with our mind where, where we're sitting here today and, and, you're, and you're doing battle right now when you're sitting there because you're wanting to think about other things that are going on and, and you're trying to think about what, what tomorrow brings and, and maybe you're, you're a kid and you're sitting here thinking about you know, some kid that's going to bully you tomorrow or, or, or some class that you're not doing very well in and you're trying to you're, you're you're thinking of that but you need to bring it back and you need to have your mind set right now and open your mind to the word of God and, and open your mind to the spirit of, of the Holy Spirit of God to convict you and help you in your in your walk and show you in the scripture what it is that he wants you to know today and help you and so you love him with with all of your mind and you're going to and you're going to make that concerted effort god today i'm going to love you and and i'm determining that in my mind to love you and to follow you and love you with all my heart with all my soul with all of my mind and i'm going to do it with all the strength that i have tyler started doing some working out with with uh, travis this week and and when you guys see travis and katie Invite them to come back. We keep missing them. We'll make this official on, on live stream. So we'll, we'll make sure that they know that, that they're missed. But Tyler's been working out with Travis and in the mornings. And, and he calls me at some ungodly hour on a Monday morning at 7.30. Do you not know preachers sleep till noon on Monday? <laughs> I am kidding, okay? But anyway, he calls me and... And he says, Dad, I can't even lift my arms above my head. I'm like, yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> How are you going to eat a Krispy Kreme donut? <laughs> but he worked out and, and exerted all of his strength to where he just couldn't do it anymore. Well, this is, Jesus said this. You need to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength every day. And let me tell you, it is such a spiritual battle. By that time in the evening, when you're ready to lay your head down, you're ready to lay your head down. And whenever you're loving him like that, you find out you're too tired to be thinking about the junk. Your, your, your mind, is, and, and the more you do this, the more in love you become with him, the more he starts controlling your thoughts, the more he starts controlling that mind and, and the soul and the body, and, 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 and you find that, that God truly is showing you how to become the disciple that can put outside all the noise and follow him and be the disciple that God wants you to be. And so as I was looking at this, then we go over to Proverbs chapter 4, and here we see that it gives us the route whenever we, I, I don't know if, if all of you use these, I, I hate them, I think they're from the devil, but yeah, you go to Google Maps on your phone, and then you push this little button and some goofy little English woman tells you where to go, and tells you how to get somewhere. And so you enter your route and you try to figure out that the only fun thing about that is if it says it takes 14 hours and three minutes, that means you're going to make it in 13 hours and 32 minutes. You're going to beat the record, you know, and, and sorry, Dusty, that's just the way it is, you know, 
And, you know, our, our cops can have a sense of humor. Highway patrolmen don't have that same sense of humor. But uh, anyway, we, but, but that's about the only good thing. But here we see, this is a good thing. Here we see God has given us the route that we need to take to be a disciple that God wants us to be. And so there's five things on this. That five things, I, I shouldn't say the word things is too, too generic, but, but uh, uh, here we're going to see that, that uh, maybe these are five waypoints that we ought to look at in our route and, and understanding that these are things that we need to guard and, and take care of in our lives. And so first of all, we see if we're going to watch where we're going, in chapter 4, verse 23, we need to watch our heart. That's the first thing that we need to do is watch our heart. And, and, and with this, he, he tells us, he says, keep thy heart. So again, like I said, that word keep, we see it over and over and over. We need to guard it. We need to, we need to, to, to protect it. And, and why? Why is it that, that we need to protect this heart so much? Because it tells us that, and, and we need to do it with all diligence. Any, anybody here ever worked for the DOC? Anybody here ever a prison guard or anything? <clears throat> well, anyway, this, you know what this would be like? Th this would be like, oh, I don't know, let's say that, that Charles Manson was still alive and not in hell, but let's say that Charles Manson was still alive, and they decided to put him in a jail cell, and, they, and, the, and the warden said, Shannon, I want you to guard him and make sure he never gets out. And I'm going to pay attention. I, and you have this guy here, and then you have, I, I don't know, Joel Sismaski over here who, who ran a stoplight. He said it was yellow. Dusty said it was red. They get in a fist fight. And so Dusty tases him, hauls him off to jail, and, and he's waiting to see the judge on Tuesday. This was on a Friday night, and so, you know, it was a holiday weekend or whatever. And, and so here's, here sits Joel, and, and the warden says, I want you to watch Manson, and I want you to watch Joel. Now, in this, and, and I watch, and I see Joel's repentant heart as he's crying and weeping and, and begging Maria to forgive him for his foolishness, and, and he's made up and kissed and made up with Dusty and given him a, a Christian hug and, and a kiss on the cheek, you know, that holy kiss. And, and, and we know that he's, he's gotten things right with God and he's learned his lesson and, and he's going to come groveling to the, the judge. And so here, here I am, I've given, I need to watch both of these. Which one am I really going to pay attention to? I don't want this guy going anywhere. I don't want him leaving anywhere. You know, another example of this, I heard heard a, a police officer give me this. He said, I was on the force three weeks. And he said, we had a guy that, that, that was, was crazy and, and was vicious, viciously violent. And he said, I'd only been on the case, three, I'd only been on the force three weeks. And we, we put him in the, in, the, in the wagon. He said it was a van and had a real small window that you could look up into to see the driver. And, and unfortunately, there was, it was open and, and this guy had shackles on his legs. He had cuffs on his hands. He had a, had a thing around his, had a belt with the chains and everything came up and cuffed him to that. He's sitting in the back. Those two are driving down the highway in Denver. He said, somehow this guy gets out of all of those chains and comes through that window. And 
commences to trying to fight both of them and trying to get the keys and, and he pulls the, the van over and it goes over an embankment and they crash down at the bottom and, and a deputy or a, a detective off duty sees it, comes over, helps him out, they get him they, they finally get him apprehended again and, and then the, the federal marshals come and help them. And this is this is the word with all diligence, this is what they did. That federal marshal, they put him in the van. The federal marshal sits across from him, pulls out his weapon, points it at his head, and said, if you move, you will die. And guarded him until they got him to the jail. This is the picture of what he's saying here. Keep thy heart with all diligence. You need to guard your heart. Look, this fallacy that, that the world tells you that we need to follow our heart, God tells us in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, that, that our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And he goes on to say that God is the only one that knows our heart. Oh, how we need to guard this, this little thing called our heart, that, that deep-seated area of our emotions and that innermost being of of who we are how we need to guard that and not only do you keep it but you keep it with all diligence and 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 you keep it there with not so much a gun or a weapon like that but you keep it there with with the sword of the lord and you keep it there and you point your mind and you point your heart and you point your emotions to the word of god and and what it is that god is wanting you to do and you guard your heart with all diligence why? For out of it are the issues of life. That word issues, I think, is interesting. It has the idea of extremities and borders. You, you need to have borders in your life. I don't care what, what, what people are telling us in this world today. Countries need borders. Families need borders. Churches need borders. We as individuals need borders in our lives. There, there are certain things that God is showing us that if we are a disciple of Christ, then we have borders in our life. And he is showing us there are certain things you do not do as a believer. You do not cross that line. You do not go over that fence. You do not go over whatever it is that, that God is telling us to do. You do not do that. And so we need to understand that. Why? Because those borders are there and and, and it's our heart that keeps us from going over those. And so we need to guard, we need to keep and watch over with all diligence our heart because with it are all the issues of life. Oh, how we need to watch our heart. You know, the, the humanist, this is what one a uh, contemporary humanist said just lately, liberty is my religion and humans are my God. Now, you need to understand what's being said there with liberty is my religion. <clears throat> that means that whatever I want to do, if it's good for me, then I ought to be able to do it. And it doesn't matter what anybody thinks. doesn't matter 
what it's doing to others. If it feels good to me, and it's good for me, then I ought to be able to do it. And so, and then humans are my God. Now, I don't have time to go there, but you can put it down, Romans chapter 3, and go back and read verses 10 through 18. And there it tells us that as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And then he goes into a list and shows us how bad and how evil we are. He goes on to show us that, that not only are, are, are those who are unsaved bad in their lives and, and, and their heart is dark and they're wicked in their sin and they're going to die in their sin unless they trust Christ as their Savior. But then you can go on to Romans chapter 7 and, and, and read in Romans chapter 7 where Paul, being a believer and, and wanting to honor God with his life, he said, here I am as a believer and, and, and the things that I, that I know that I need to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I do. And, and, and he goes through this whole, the whole plethora of, of how, how wicked he is and oh how wretched I am he says and oh how we need to realize that if we follow our heart oh how much trouble we are oh how much trouble we're going to lead ourselves down a path that that's going to bring us to a complete mess and and so as we are going to be a disciple of Christ and and we're going to be that disciple that is honoring and pleasing to God then first of all we need to watch our heart but secondly, we also need to, maybe I should skip this one, watch our mouth. You, you know, you think about the other things that he puts in this list, and, and I can see why heart is number one. I can actually see also how the mouth is number two, isn't it? If we have control of that heart and doing what God wants to do with our heart, then our mouth will be controlled. But here, usually, the, the mouth shows us the problems that we're having with our heart. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Put it away. That one is an imperative command. Turn aside from it. Stop following. Those, look, we, we run into people all the time, and, and they just say whatever comes to their mind. And, and they think that you ought to be able to handle whatever it is that they say, and then they get upset when you say something back to them. And really, you're wrong for saying something back to them. Just keep your mouth shut and walk away from them. Don't, don't answer a fool in his folly. And so, but, but here, put away from thee a froward mouth. And, and froward has the idea of being perverse, perverted. And whatever it is that they're saying, and, and if they're against God, then let them spout off to, to empty ears that aren't listening to them, and, and, and let them spout off to someone, someone else, but walk away from that situation, and, and don't cast your pearl before swine, and, and, and hear, because he goes on and he says, put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips, perverted and deviant in, in all that they're doing, and these lips are, are, are causing a deviation in your life and taking you a direction that, that you just can't, can't go down. And, and look, if you're around people and they're all, always telling perverse jokes and, 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 and then you, you find yourself involved in that and then you're doing the same thing and, and the best thing, just walk away from that and stay away from it. And, and it just seems like, you, you know, people love to watch comedies and, and watch comedians and I can't. I, I'm... I know I'm kind of a jokester at times, but I just don't, I don't, you know, a lot of people watch them, and that's fine. I can watch some. I just don't like to watch it. 
because I always see I'm one of those weak ones that if somebody ever gets off colored, there I am wallowing in the mud with them. I don't want any part of it. And so you just stay away from it. You get away from it. Why? Because, well, God doesn't want you to be around that kind of junk. And I'm not saying you have to do that, but I'm just saying we need to guard against it. And why? Because God shows us in Ephesians chapter 4, he tells us in verse 29. And may I say that, that here's a little bit of marital counseling for all of us too. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Anything that's vile, corrupt, vain, worthless, good for nothing, you just don't need to say it. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And so let's, let's say things that build each other up. If you're married, say things that build your wife up. Say things that build your husband up. I mean, if you're constantly berating each other, that, that doesn't do any good. It doesn't, doesn't help at all. It hurts your self-esteem, hurts your walk with, with your spouse, hurts your walk with God. You start doubting yourself and you start wondering, hey, maybe all these things are true. Your children are watching this and they think that they can be disrespectful then to, 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 to their parents. They can be disrespectful to their teachers. They can be disrespectful in society. They can come to church and be disrespectful to, to everybody here. And then they, and they're learning this corrupt communication. Oh, how we do know that, do we not? If you have little children, I love what, I can't remember what Tony said was the, the, the little repeater or something like that, you know, his little boy, you know, whatever I say is going to get repeated. And so how careful we need to be in, in, in what our children are hearing. And, and, and so here we, we see let no corrupt communication, but that which is good and ministers grace unto the hearers and, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed into the day of redemption. Praise the Lord that when you're a child of God, you're always a child of God, so behave like a child of God. And that's what he's showing us and in this discipleship, how, how if we're going to walk and, and watch where you're going, then guard your heart and guard your mouth and, and be careful of the things that, that you're saying. And in chapter 5, verse 1 of Ephesians, it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Act like it. And even if somebody's mean to you, doesn't give you a right to mouth off. I need to tell myself that. We all need to tell ourselves that. But we don't need to be worried about those things. We need to let God do the defending. And, and most of the time, we just need to keep our mouths shut and move on. And so here he tells us to put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Then we also need to watch our eyes. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. You know, our eyes tell us a lot about who we are. Turn over if you would, to, or you can look at it, it'll probably be on the screen, but Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, just, you, you, you want to be encouraged as a child of God, go back and read, you, you need, if you're ever dealing with discouragement about your walk and about being a child of God, you need to go to Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6 will show you that he provides everything that you'll ever need. Romans chapter 8 will show you that you are forever a child of God and there is nothing that will separate you from his love. So those are both good chapters to go to. But here in Romans 6, we see that, that here he is. He's, he's giving us uh, uh, encouragement and knowing that, 
that he's, he can take care of us. And, that, and, and so because of that, verse 19, he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Why? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then he goes on and, and, and he says, the light of the body is the eye. The, the revealing of your heart comes through your eyes. What are you looking at? What are you paying attention to? Now, in this context, are you looking to your money? Are you looking to, to, to your home? Are you looking to your fancy clothing? Are you looking to the material wealth that you have accrued through, through your years and, and you're finding all of your security in, in all this little nest egg and, and you're like some little hen that's sitting on it and, and anybody gets close and it's like, you know? And you think that, and, and, and really, I mean, we used to have some, we used to have some, some uh, thing called them Philistine fighting chickens. <clears throat> They came from the Philippines, and, and no, I didn't fight them. They were given to me, but he couldn't say Philippines, so he called them Philistines. And they were the Philistine fighting chickens. But we had a couple of hens, and they were the nastiest little varmints. They were free-range totally. They went wherever they wanted. I didn't care. You live or die, it's up to you. And so... And they stayed, and, and I got to where I kind of liked them, you know, and I could feed the rooster out of my hand and, and liked him. And, 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 uh, but anyway, those hens would sneak around, and they'd, they'd sneak and put up a nest somewhere, and that's where they'd go lay eggs until you found them. And as soon as you start taking their eggs, they'd leave, and they'd go get a new nest. And they were just mean varmints, too. I, I, one time I found them, and she's sitting on the nest, and me and Boo, our little miniature beagle, went out there to get the eggs, and, and I like to eat them, and so did Boo. And so, but we, uh, you know, you go down there to get them, and she ruffles up, and, you know, it's like, oh, it's a good thing I like you, or your head would be snatched right now, you know? And I think about all these things that we're guarding, and, and we're sitting on this, and God comes walking up, and he says, hey, I want that. I'm sorry, that's not in the notes, all right? <laughs> but oh, how we do that. You know what you're showing? You're saying, hey, God, back off. This is mine. And, and, and what our eyes are doing, those things that we're looking at, it's showing us what's in our heart. Oh, and he says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, focused, totally on God, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. If we're going to be a disciple of Christ, we need to guard our heart. Oh, we need to, we need to watch our heart. We need to watch our mouth. We also need to watch our eyes. Not only in the idea of watching our eyes on what's important to us, but and and this this goes more for the men because 
Men think with what they see. Ladies are a totally different animal. I'll let somebody else preach on that. But guys respond to sight. Ladies, you know that. You need to help protect the men by just not doing certain things and looking certain ways. You know, I, I, I saw on Facebook a while back, some lady was defending her daughter for wearing something skimpy and said that it's the guy's responsibility for their actions. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know what you do to the girl that's trying to get your attention? Puke. And then look the other way. She'll get the idea. You don't want any part of that. I'm sorry, but that's just, you know, but you need to look the other way. You need to, and that's not in the notes either, okay? But parents, you need to teach your children. The only acceptance that they need is the acceptance of God and who he wants you to be. And the right guy will come along and accept that and will be chasing God too and trying to do what he wants to do and God will bring you together. If you are going to act like an animal, you will get an animalistic response. And so don't do it. You don't need that. Be, be whole and pure in who you are to Christ and God will show you. And that's why you, you go back to, and I don't have time, you can put it up on the screen, but Psalm 101 uh, verses 1 through 3, there David says, I will put no wicked thing before mine eyes. Guys, you need to control your computer. You need to control your phone. You need to control the TV. And if you can't control them, then go back to a flip phone and get rid of your computer and cancel all services that you have on your television. Do you, do you realize that 70% of the men that are sitting in here have a problem with pornography today? Ladies, you don't think that's a problem? It messes everything up in the entire family dichotomy. There are people leaving and, and because they're, they're leaving each other because they have these unrealistic expectations of each other. And you need to get it out of your life. And you need to stop putting wicked things in front of your eyes because what you are doing is you are committing adultery against your very wife when you do that. And it just brings devastation in your life and in your family. And here we need to, and so ladies, be careful of what you do. And, and I'm not here to, you know, I'm not your daddy. I'm not going to be the one coming in and tell you those things. But oh, I do pray if you're, if you're wanting to be a disciple that God wants you to be, he's going to show you what you can wear and what you can't. And so be careful with that. And guys, get that junk out of your life. Start controlling your eyes more of what you're going to be looking at. Then he goes on, and so we watch our heart, we watch our mouth, we watch our eyes, we also watch our path. I just uh, saw a picture this week, a uh, guy that I'm friends with Facebook on, ran into a uh, copperhead the other day. Didn't bite him, but I'm sure it scared him pretty good. I remember bow hunting up in Steamboat Springs. And so you'd think, oh, they're not up that high. Oh, yeah, they are. I was bow hunting one evening in Steamboat just outside of Milner and coming down the side of the mountain, and it's just almost dark, not, not quite, but dark enough I didn't want to shoot at anything with a bow. And 
So I'm getting out of there where I can still see, and, and the sun's going down. This is September about right now, so it, it was probably in the 40s at the time, and, and uh, Matt Simon was with me at the time, and, and we're just bebopping down the, down the hill, and, and there's a big old slab of rock. And I'm, my foot is up, and I'm starting to come down, you hear the And I did what everybody would do, scream like a girl, did the Navajo rain dance, and then commenced to killing him. And shot three arrows that cost about, with the broadhead and everything, 25 bucks a piece. So it was a $75 dead snake when I got done. But you know what I learned after that? Boy, you need to pay attention. I mean, I came close to getting bit that day. And, and, and here, we, we need to, and it, and it says here, it says, ponder the path of thy feet. This has the idea to ponder, to, to weigh the scales. And so here you are, you're, you're giving thought to your path, and, and your path are your tracks. Now, your tracks are what you're going to leave behind. And if somebody's good, they're going to be able to track you and see where you've been going. And if you're really being the disciple that God wants you to be, your, your, your tracks are going to lead them to God, lead them to Jesus, and, and lead them to a holy, righteous life and God's holiness, God's righteousness, and, and you're going to lead them to, to where they need to be also. And they're going to track you. But you need to be weighing this. And so you're weighing this and you're thinking, okay, God... This is what I want to do today. Is this what you want me to do? And Or you ponder it and you're thinking, this is what I'm going to do today. Well, let's weigh this out. Is what you're wanting to do today, make it level with the Word of God and what God wants you to do today. Or here you are, you're doing this, and all of a sudden you're, what you want to do goes. It outweighs what... God's saying in his word, we need to weigh it out. We need to ponder every day our path, what we're doing with it. How about you guys? Where's your path at? If I was to follow you and track you this week, I love to track too. Not always very good at it, but sometimes can, can track something. And, and you know, I, I, it was pretty cool. I was, I was, I was tracking a rabbit one time in the snow, and right out there in the middle of nowhere, his track stopped. I'm like, whoa. And then you could see these sweep marks on the snow. He's like, yep, hawk bait. Hawk came down, you know, his wings flew, and he grabbed that rabbit, and away he went. And it's just, it's just fun to watch the tracks. And so... As you leave here today and you come back next week, ask yourself, where did my tracks go? Tyler has this pretty cool app on his phone called Onyx. And this Onyx hunting thing that it, it's, a, it's a satellite picture of all the earth, or at least all of the U.S. And it tells you who owns what. But up there where they are elk hunting, it shows you the geography, shows you how steep things are. But something else that it does, he said you can push a button, and he did, and it, and it'll track you, so that you can go back later, and it shows you the tracks that you took. That week they were up there hunting, they walked 42 miles, 
I'm glad I didn't go. <laughs> but it shows you where you went. So I ask you, write it down in your journal, write it down somewhere, and try to make it and put it in your memory every day. Think about the day before. Where did my tracks go? Where, where, did, I, where did I go yesterday? And go through the week and look at that. Because God will show you. Psalm, and I won't do it again, write it down in your notes, but Psalm 119 verses 1 through 8 and Psalm 119 verse 133 are good verses with that. And then lastly it says, and, and it says, ponder thy, the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established to be directed by God. Chris did the beehive service this morning and said he pontificated upon Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6. Those are good verses. Good verses for us to think about in letting our way be established. Because when you start weighing what you're doing and, and you're thinking, I'm going to do this, and you read something, and, and, and look, you may not understand everything that it's saying, but, but as you read this, you're thinking, ooh. And then you, you're getting this, this gut feeling, and it's like, the conviction of the Holy Spirit and, and God's talking to you and saying, mm, 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 don't want to do that. So what are you going to do? Okay, God, I don't understand. But I'm not going to do this right now. I want to know for sure this is what you want me to do. And I don't understand if, if you don't want me to do this, then I'll do whatever it is. I don't understand what it is, but I'm going to trust you and do your will in my life. And you let things go, and, and that's okay. You do what it is that God wants you to do. And then the last thing you see that along the way you need to watch your companions. Because it says, turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. You know, there just comes a point in time, and, and this is not bad, but there just comes a point in time, unless your friend wants to hear the gospel and, and wants to understand why, why you've taken a different path and, and why you're going down a different road. And, and, and until they want to hear that, then I'm sorry, but i got to walk away. I can't do that anymore. That's who I used to be, but that's not who I am today. And I'm not going to go back and do those things, but I'm going to do what's right and I'm going to live the way that I need to live. Look over, and we're going to spend time on this one, and then I'm done. And I know I'm Try not, I, I just need to finish this, okay? And you need to hear these verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 20 and 21. When you think that it's okay for you to quit being the disciple of Christ that God wants you to be and go back to the world, this is what God says. But I say that the things with the Gentiles sacrifice, you might as well just say Gentiles, unbelievers, Okay? They sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. Get this. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. You can't do it. You can't do it. You see, if... And, and when you do that, you know what you're saying? God, I know you died on the cross. 
I know that you went through some horrific things to, 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 to do that. I know that they mocked you. I, I know that they, they plucked your beard. I know that they beat you until, until, until you were almost passing out. I know that they ripped the flesh off of your back. I, and, and I know that you're God. And I know that there were legions of angels that could have come down and destroyed the world at any time. And, and I know that in all of that, that you still went to that cross and you died and you suffered and, and all of the embarrassment and all the humiliation and all the guilt and all the shame. And then you went before the very God the Father and it's there that He turned His back upon you because of the ultimate sacrifice and He took the wrath of God upon Himself. And I know that you did all these things, but for me to be a disciple of Christ and, and to give up all these things that the world has to offer, I just can't do it. Oh, how we need to get serious about walking with Jesus. We need to love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's it. That's it. And the one that does that is blessed, is happy. Are we there yet? No. But you know what? Today is a new week. There's a fresh cover of snow, white and righteous and holy, and all of our sins are covered. We walk out of here right with God today. Make sure you are. You're walking into the fresh snow, and you're going to leave a track. Every day you're going to leave a track. Where does it go? And when we come back next Sunday, where have you been? Are we serious? Well, we need to be. We really need to be. God isn't going to take second place. And God sure isn't some lucky rabbit's foot that you pull out only when you need him. He wants you, all of you, your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you know why we're here? You know why we're here together? So we can help each other. So we can help each other to do that. Take each other by the hand. Encourage them along the way. Lift them up when they stumble. Bring them back when they fall. Or whenever they head out into the left field, you bring them back. And next week we come back and we give God the glory, God the praise for his grace, his mercy, his compassion, but also his justice, his holiness, and his righteousness. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you search the hearts of each one who's here today. Whatever may hinder us from keeping us from going the way that we need to, help us. Help us to watch where we're going. Help us to watch all these areas of our lives. Lord, if we've been convicted by that this morning, I pray that we bring it to you right now. Whoever's sitting out here today and know that they haven't been guarding that area of their life, 
And Father, even as I'm praying, they're praying to you also, and I thank you that you can hear us all at the same time and that they give it to you. Father, that you will help us to nail that on that vicious cross, that place where Christ died for all of that junk that's in our lives. Help us give it to him today as a believer. Father, I pray if there be one that's never had their sins forgiven, never placed their faith in you as their Savior, that today they would do so. I pray you guide, direct us, work in our hearts. And Father, you'll receive the honor and the glory. In all these things we pray in Jesus' name, amen.